Welcome to the Breakthrough Factory, where the information age meets the industrial revolution. For more information, visit us at BreakthroughFactory.com. Hello, everyone. We're here today with Fight Shink, and I'm going to introduce him to the community. He's one of our expert team members here who will be talking about a couple of very important subjects in the coaching program. And uh, so, Fight, why don't you tell us about a little bit of what, what you've got to offer? Um, yes, there are basically two things that I'm bringing to the table. The first one is uh, to do with email marketing, and the other one is to do with savory selling, if you like. I mean, there's a term we need to probably you know, reserve the domain for. It's basically the idea that uh, a lot of the stuff that's been taught online is does have its place and use in mass marketing, but it kind of feels unsavory to lots of people who want to do high-end uh, selling and marketing, as in, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant and you want to sell something of real value to real people, um, you know, the whole, like, dog and pony show type stuff that's being taught online is probably uh, not the right model. So that's basically what I'm teaching as well. Email marketing and savory selling. Yeah, and they, and they too really go hand in hand because your your email marketing is really your your long term selling. Since you you know what they say, you need at least seven to twenty touches with people to to get them to buy something that's you know ab- above something cheap and uh, frivolous. And so yeah. yeah, they 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 basically go hand in hand, don't they? Yes, exactly. The uh, email marketing always gets positioned as where it's outdated and old and no one wants it anymore. But the fact is. Uh, everyone has email. You know, some people, you know, when I say some, a lot of people do have social media. But at the end of the day, email is still far, far more effective at controlling a conversation. It's one thing having lots and lots of touch points. You can, you know, spam people's timeline as much as you like with social media posts, but you're not in control of the conversation. So we have a model where, you know, by all means, you get that initial piece of attention using, for example, social media. But at some point, it has to be a directed, focused conversation, which is based on um, your prospects or prospective clients' needs. They have basically informational and transformational needs as they go along. So initially, when they don't know you, they need to find out, you know, do I know, like, and trust this person, or can I trust them? And initially, it's a a small enough thing, like, do I trust them enough to invest my time with them? or invest my privacy in the sense of giving them an email address. So basically we have a nice model, which I'm teaching inside the members area, uh, on how to basically set the whole thing up from the beginning that you come to a place where then handing over the email address is an obvious thing. It's not something where you have to bribe and in, you know tweak people or you know, hit them over the head with some kind of giant bonus offer or something just to get their email address. No, it happens the other way around because people want information from you. So big picture, we you know we start with getting people's attention. That's basically the attraction part. Then we have a uh, a sequence that leads to a conversation, and you know email does play a big role in that. And ultimately, we have the transformational part because you know people, your clients, they come to you because you have a solution to their problem or they believe you have a solution to the problem and you make that promise that I'm going to help you solve your problem. So at the end, there is that transformation part. And again, email does play a big part in that, um, as does sales psychology. 
Absolutely. And and you've been doing this long enough that probably since before Facebook and all that, and you've probably seen the same thing I have, that the, the sales results from emails is probably 20 times or more better than from Facebook or some social media. Like you say, social media is a, kind of a good way to reinforce and kind of keep maybe top of mind with people or, or ping them so they, they notice you're around. But the the power of that directed conversation and email is just orders of magnitude better than social media in my experience. That's the first thing. And then there is another aspect to it, and that is this whole uh, keeping on top of mind uh, is, you know, the, in the good old days, people had newspapers and, you know, what you put in the in the newspaper. I'm a local butcher, so I'm putting in my special office for you know, sausage. Today I have red sausage and next week I have white sausage, whatever. And that's fine. But what if you had a service like, um, you know, whatever, air conditioning repair? Or I remember this one example. We had a have a newspaper here and there's one guy who, almost religiously every week there's an ad in there that says I can drill giant holes in concrete. So whenever you have the need for someone to drill a hole in concrete, you know, he's at top of mind. He's right. like, you know, the highest one there. But of course that's now been superseded. I mean, these days, you know, it's so easy to whip out your mobile phone and go, dang, I need a hole in concrete. You know, where do I find this guy? So, as a result of this, his style of advertising, and you know, in this case, it's not really a problem because it's in the newspaper, you can look at it, it's not very intrusive. But if you were to run that ad on a constant basis on, let's say, Facebook, and you constantly see this thing in your stream, you know, your timeline, you'd get annoyed. It's inappropriate because 99.9% .9 of your life, you don't need a concrete hole driller. Right. It's only very, very occasionally you need this. So... There are now new ways of getting people's attention, uh, creating awareness, but then basically stepping out of the way and you know, making sure it's it's appropriate. I'm going to give you other examples. Uh, uh, now, we can do this in the members area. There are countless examples of how big companies get this completely wrong. Uh, the BBC, uh, of all the places, you know, the BBC is it's almost like holy. It's holier than the, the Queen. <laughs> Right. In the UK, you know, they can't go, they can't possibly go wrong. BBC is absolutely perfect, but they've started advertising uh, outside of the UK. So if you read the BBC pages from outside the UK, they have advertising on there. And some of it is really, really annoying and really, really intrusive in the sense of if you read it on an iPad, it says, rotate your iPad now and I'm blocking your screen. You can't do anything. And then you have to block it, uh, have to rotate it. And then you're shown an ad by, at the moment, it's Zurich Insurance, right? Mm -hmm. I'm already hating Zurich Insurance. There's never, <laughs> ever, you know, there's not in a million right. years I'm going to buy anything from them because they're forcing me to look at the ad. And that's basically an embodiment of how a lot of people get their advertising wrong. And with email, and I'm not saying email is the only modality where you can do it, but email has... Uh, with modern techniques of doing segmentation and, you know, automatically guiding people to where they want to be, you can avoid this kind of problem. You can get people to the point where they go, you know, this is the information I requested. This is the information I'm really interested in. So I'm now going to consume it. So that is basically what we're doing in, you know, what I'll be teaching you in the members area. Yeah, and that's perfect. And that, that really goes in alignment with our whole core philosophy, which is the key is to get the you part right, because you want to communicate in your voice in your style, one, because you're going to be more comfortable. You're not trying to imitate the big dogs that you might get their emails and try to model them or copy them, but it's not you. 
And so you don't connect with the right audience in the first place. The, it's just like the natural friendships you strike up in the pub or out playing golf or wherever you meet people. You just naturally kind of fall in with people you, you resonate with. So the more that you are able to keep your own unique self and personality and perspective in these emails, the better you're going to draw the people that are really attracted to you and not to some persona that you are going to find harder and harder to maintain. So that fits quite well with our overall philosophy in the, in the breakthrough factory. Which incidentally took me, you know, uh, a while to figure out. I know I've been doing this online email marketing since 2007 and it, you know, there's a lot of trial and error and the, to get to the realization that truly, the most effective way of doing this is to be 100% authentic. Uh, it took a while. And, you know, in the beginning, there are these self-doubts. It's absolutely natural to go, oh, can I really write that? And should I be doing that? Or you end up with questions like, you know, what should I be writing about? And this is why I think, you know, this is a perfect fit, you and I and the, the other experts working together, because it really starts with who are you, you know, what is it you really stand for, and what are the ideal clients you're attracting. And when you have all of that in place, then it is much, much easier to write those follow-up messages. Then you can be truly authentic and just go, you know, this is me, and this is what I stand for, and here you go. This is the stuff you're getting. Absolutely, and it, and it really does show that, it, and I'm the same way when I got out in this, you know, you're copying things, you're just trying to say, oh, that looks cool, should I do that? And it's not till you really start to find your voice and really understand that you are what makes the difference. I mean, if you look at these, I was watching somebody's launch for uh, one of these, you know, expert training programs on how to do webinars and teleseminars. And they're saying the exact same stuff that every other expert says. So, I mean, it's not like this information is not out there. You, you know, it's not like this particular guru has the secret ingredient. The thing is, this particular expert or guru says it in a way that resonates with you, that it clicks for you, that somehow you feel like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, I can do this. You might have heard 10 times the exact same thing. In fact, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she's been doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching, and she said her coach told her a particular piece of advice that she, no one had ever told her before. But since that piece of advice, she's heard it all over the place, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And it's like, well, no, you were hearing it all over the place. It's just you didn't it just yeah. right over you. Just like the, you know, when you want to buy a new car and you start exactly. to everybody has one. So uh, I keep saying I've invented the French language because when I moved to France and whenever I looked up a new word in the dictionary, suddenly it was everywhere. Everyone was speaking it. <laughs> now, you know, they didn't say it beforehand. Therefore, I'm the one who actually came up with the language. I mean, you know, all the French were without words until I read them up. Yep. And that, that's exactly this thing that's going on there. Anyway, already, I think this is a, is a good summary of what we stand for. Maybe when it comes to the selling or, you know, the non-hypey, non-selling part, uh, it builds on what I've just said here. And I'll give you maybe one more insight. And that is the, when you look at the overall marketplace, there's a lot of hype. And you know, these days it's estimated you're getting about 14,000 marketing messages every single day, even you know, with, with all the product placement, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when you think about it, what's happening is everyone is trying to shout louder and they're really only aiming or they're only using the same arsenal of weapons, if you like. They're almost being used like weapons. They're scarcity, which does work. 
Um, there's kind of urgency that does work. The people use reciprocity, which does work. These are, you know, everyone's read Cialdini and now they're using just these things. It turns out they only, when you really look at it, appeal to about 3% of the population of your, you know, your target audience. The other 97%, they, they're the ones you cannot reach really with those you know, weapons of mass psychology. Right. And the only way you're going to convert uh, now is basically by adding more scarcity and more urgency. And as a result, you end up with a lot of uh, buyer's remorse. There's a situation where you bought something and, you know, you know this. You bought stuff because, you know, the deal ran out or, you know, you had to act now or there was a massive price reduction or there was a, an incredible bonus. You bought these things and now they're sitting on your hard drive or they're sitting under your bed. And you're not using them. And that is because of the use of cell psychology. Now, it turns out there is a huge number of questions people ask themselves, which can be handled in a totally non-cell psychology way. And the one that I kind of alluded to earlier was, you know, is this worth investing my time and energy? Am I willing to give up my privacy? If you don't answer that question right at the beginning of a potential relationship, you know, a business relationship, People are never going to see the end of your sales funnel. And that's basically where a lot of people go wrong. They use sales psychology, the one weapon they know about, you know, the urgency, the scarcity, the bonuses. They use them throughout their sales funnel. And there are good places to use these kind of tools. If you need to t- attract people's attention, that's a very good tool. It does work. But towards the end of the sales funnel, if you want to avoid things like buyer's remorse, and you know, I, I highly encourage everyone to do that, then they're the inappropriate use to, uh, inappropriate tool set to use. And that's why we've got you know, other tools these days uh, where we help people find answers to the questions they're asking themselves subconsciously. All right, but that is basically enough for now. Uh, otherwise, we could go on forever and ever. And we'll do that in the members area. Absolutely. We, we just want to give people a glimpse of who's available to us and the fact that we do have people like Fight who are, you know, they're not household names uh, like some of the gurus you might see out there, but these are, you know, Fight's been doing this full time for what, eight years now? Mm-hmm. And so, 2007. Yeah, so you're, you're somebody that's got real world experience. You've gone through the trial and error. And oftentimes, and, and you may see this over there, I'm sure you do, and maybe in the soccer or football, as you call it, uh, the same thing happens here, and uh, especially like baseball. Uh, usually the best managers are the players that either never made the major leagues or, or just got a taste, you know, and, and never succeeded, whereas the, the big stars become some of the worst coaches and managers because it's almost natural to them. And so they find that the ones that had to struggle and fight just to, you know, barely survive in the minor leagues for years are actually the best teachers in many cases because they can understand where people are coming from, the strugglers. Whereas a natural athlete just can't understand why you can't just do that without thinking about it. It's the one thing I've always struggled with is the ethics. Well, I haven't struggled with it. I have struggled with using mass marketing because of the lack of ethics when you use them. I just couldn't get myself to promote rubbish and sell stuff that's not up to scratch. I just couldn't do it. And that's basically how I got into this whole thing. The highlight of my uh, career that led to these insights was basically a short stint as an insurance salesperson uh, where I had to follow specific scripts. I wasn't allowed to you know, talk to someone and genuinely find out what it is they wanted. No, I had to push insurance. I'm not regretting it. I learned a lot during that period of my life, but it led me down this path to investigate what 
what alternatives are there to using scripted objection handling, uh, cold calling, all that nonsense that basically we don't like these days? In fact, I think people even notice in our promotion of this program that we're not using any of these techniques that are so common. Because when you're offering value and you're coming from a, a sincere place and offering clarity about what you're you're giving people, you don't need to do that. So we look forward to having you uh, as part of the Breakthrough Factory, and I think you're going to add a tremendous amount of value. And uh, so thanks for your time today, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the inside. Absolute pleasure. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us in the Breakthrough Factory. You'll find much more at BreakthroughFactory.com.